always under promise and over deliver surprise and delight your clients if you tell them it's going to take two weeks try and make it take a week if you just do the job that they've paid you to do they'll be satisfied but they're not going to feel the need to tell anyone about it I never really fitted into nine to five life that well. Every business I worked in, I wanted to change because I was like, oh, we could do this better. And they were like, why don't you just do your job? And I'm like, ah, I quit. Justin Castles is a Bendigo-based action sports and lifestyle photographer. But what his website doesn't allude to is how much of a cool and calm operator he is. It kind of brushes over the fact that Justin is a serial entrepreneur. And we talk about a few of those businesses that he's created in this very episode. We talk about his baby, which is Lucky Camera Straps. And then we also talk about what he's super pumped about making at the moment. It's a brand new product. It's a sunrise wake up clock. If you're into good ideas and executing them, then this is the episode for you. I hope you enjoy the episode. I think you'll learn a thing or two. I'll see you on the other side. It sounds like I'm listening to a podcast of me in <laughs> real time. It's like I'm listening <laughs> to a I live say? podcast of myself now. <laughs> you know we're already rolling. Oh, oh shit. Oh, oh shit. Red you, light means go. You tricked me. I got you. You tricked me. <laughs> Uh, Welcome to the podcast, dude. Oh, I'm so not ready. Why? Uh, thank you. Welcome to my living room. This is so beautiful. This is not my first away game on the pod, but my first living room outside of my own. Is it? This is lovely. Yeah, it's um, it's it's not real fancy, but it's there's lots of natural light and, you know, there's a dog. Beautiful dog just chilling. Who have we got down here? That's Ted. Teddy! No, he's done. Yeah, he's asleep. Is he an assistant editor for you? He doesn't do anything, really, but he does hang out with me every day, so that's good. But no, <laughs> he, he doesn't help. <laughs> and what about the rest of the decor in here? Can you claim a lot of it or is it the, the no, miso? No, Yelena's really taking care of all the, the anything green is hers. So yeah. all, of, all of the alive plants are definitely 100% her. <laughs> uh, that's my lamp. I got that from Kmart. Oh, watch um, out. Yep. And other than that, all the photography books are mine. I'll see a little camera up here uh, alluding to what yeah. we might talk about a little bit. Yep, yep. There's a couple of little film cameras hiding around the place that don't really get used much. But Do you yeah. shoot on film ever? I do. Ooh. I've recently been getting into it. There's a business in Bendigo that started up uh, last year called Bat City, Bat City Film. So, they're developing film processing and stuff, which is very cool. So, Nick has been helping me out. Yeah. learning and stuff so i've been shooting a nikon f5 which takes all of my current lenses which is very handy so basically i've got yeah an old school journo photographer kit pretty much roll really? around with, yeah because the f5 is like a big monster pro body and then i stick all my nikon lenses on it and run around and blast through rolls of film like no one's watching do you still have that digital mentality of i like, just shoot 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 and then you're like oh nah. wait there's this this is film or is it, is nah. it quite easy to yeah it's really good actually because you just you take your time slow down yeah, take a shot every now and then. It's yeah, it's way more fun than shooting digital. So, is it something that you wanted to do for a while? Yeah, yeah. I'd bought a few film cameras before that, all older, like cooler looking, more manual ones. But like the learning curve, I just because I was working so much too, I didn't have the time or like brain power to want to learn a new camera system. So Hell when yeah. yeah, when I found the F five, which is so similar to what I'm shooting currently anyway. Mm. Um, all that got taken out of the equation. The only thing I had to learn was how to slow down and make sure I nail my exposure, I guess. So, right, right, right. Yeah. How hard is that, like, learning new stuff when you are working 
so much. Like recently it's been much better because I'm not working as much. But two, yeah, two years ago when I was working flat out with photography, you, you do, on one hand, learning new stuff was the only thing that kept me, not the only thing, the main thing that kept me interested because that's what I like to do. Like when I was shooting heaps of weddings, if it wasn't something that really helped wedding photography, it was hard to find the time and brain power to, yeah. to do it. I just find that at the moment, like super hard to deal with. I guess it's freeing up time to do different projects or to do little experiments on the side. That's the last thing I want to do when you've been doing it all week and then you're just like, ugh. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the hard part. It's like, yeah, you've either got to take less work or... I mean, the only other stuff that I did to be able to push myself when I was super busy, impose restrictions or buy new gear. Mm. Um, sometimes new gear was handy, but usually not. But imposing restrictions like shooting, shot a whole wedding on one lens. Yeah, um, right. Like a, uh, just on a prime lens, like that was, yeah. that was super fun. It's hard to get passionate about something that you're doing every day to then just go and put more into it after oh, yeah. it was for free or, or whatever. Mm. Um, the only times I could do that was with sports, but even then I couldn't do it as frequently as I wanted to because I just didn't have the the time mm. or the yeah the headspace left after getting all your work done to go and coordinate a project for free. But that's what I wanted to do and that was the balance. I was, yeah, I was in a very similar spot. Yeah, the only way I got past that was doing less frequent photography work you said shooting a wedding with only one lens you were able to kind of do that experiment within the realm of getting paid for it so that's i've got that on my radar as well mm -hmm. maybe if there's a project that is not going to pay as much but it allows a little more restriction yep. and the client's open to hey i've been wanting to try this thing for a little while mm -hmm. yeah that's that's a good time to do it yeah. yeah whether if yeah if their budget's limited and you say well you know i'll do it a bit cheaper if i can do this or, mm. or whatever that would be a good way to go about it i mean i was really lucky at that time because that job was with jim my business partner who's an awesome photographer he wasn't looking to push himself beyond something on that day so he was there doing all the you know the safe work just in case i wasn't turned out awesome um, definitely one of the best weddings i've shot but I probably wouldn't have done it if I was shooting by myself. You got to be careful, I guess. I, I would never want to do it, risk the, oh my the outcome for the client yeah. when they don't know about it beforehand. But yeah, if you could give them a heads up and be like, hey, going to try something cool. Yeah. Give you a discount. Dude, there's so much in that that I want to get into. I do want to talk about the pressure of shooting weddings because it's, it's <laughs> insane. I don't even do them anymore. But can you just get me up to speed? Because I think that you came into my radar and you're already well established in... You'd had many lives before I, I met you. So, just run me through, I guess, first picking up a camera. So, bought my first camera, like beyond having a, a point and shoot. I got a point and shoot for my 21st or 18th or something that yep. I had for a while, but didn't use it a heap. And then was always fascinated with action sports films. Any films that were like documenting great action sports, skateboarding, Hell snowboarding, yeah. anything like that, loved it. I just wanted to make those basically. So started looking into video and um, it was right when like DSLR video was becoming a thing. Everyone was shooting on 5Ds. I couldn't afford a 5D. So I ended up buying a 60D and that was my first like proper camera yeah right and was trying to learn all this video stuff before that i had done a lot of audio engineering so i already understood that side of things and yeah i was hoping video wouldn't be heaps different because sort of same kind of editing style and stuff and then um took a few photos with the camera took a few videos um never did anything with the video clips that i shot because i don't know they went on a hard drive i didn't know what i was going to do with them whereas the photos you could just like 
they were instant gratification. It was like you take a photo and it's done and that's it. It's a product in one one click. So then I started taking photos from then on and yeah. Crazy. Um, yeah, did heaps of sports stuff just for fun, action sports stuff because that's what I was into, but just went and shot photos for free. And You were like, hey, I love this. Would you, would you guys like some photos? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Went to events and stuff that I probably would have gone to anyway and just shot a heap of photos and got stuff published. And like once you get some things published in magazines and see it in person, it's like this is, yeah, this is real. It's fun, awesome. Yeah. Um, even got paid for a few little things. And then that's sort of when I decided that yeah i would like to head towards doing it either as a as a side business or hopefully maybe full-time i don't know that happened right around when my sister got married so i took my cameras along to that Mm -hmm. by then i had a like a 1d mark IV because that was the sports camera to have at the time shot a heap of photos at her wedding she had a wedding photographer there (laughs) like she 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 had paid someone um so i spoke to them beforehand and said do you mind if i shoot as well and they said no go for it all good and um, yeah, I got some really cool shots on the day of, of just more candid stuff, whereas the photographer there was a bit more, she was doing the, the standard wedding photographer thing that you need to do, like all the important shots, the, the mm. checklist. Um, so I sort of had time to do all the in-between stuff and it was great. I was, yeah, it was really fun. From there, I was like, all right, I'll give it a crack. Yeah. Start, yeah, start trying to book stuff. And the first wedding I got paid to shoot, the first full wedding I shot by myself, was my ex-girlfriend's wedding oh which was, snap. yeah there yeah you go. that was pretty cool <laughs> yeah so yeah thanks to those guys for taking a chance on it yeah on a, you know starting out photographer yeah definitely that's madness because there is so much pressure going into the photos of a wedding were you shooting your pants before that wedding oh yeah definitely yeah yeah, yeah. um i would say probably for the first couple of years there wasn't a wedding i went to that i wasn't nervous about beforehand gotcha um and even now like now it's a bit little bit easier because i've done a lot and now i'm doing less um mm. but yeah even now like it's um every one of them i'm a little bit nervous about because yeah. it's sort of you know people put a lot of trust in you and you can't redo it no so um obviously i've built up confidence from doing it over and over and being in a lot of situations so i can at least reassure myself and go well if you can't do this obviously there's lots of hundreds of photographers that are better than me but i sort of at least can say yeah if i can't do this there isn't not everyone could no totally so yeah i've got that confidence but i'm still nervous and when did lovely jimbo come along and enter your jimbo jimbo (laughs) jimbo so i met jim first we went wakeboarding out at lake epilogue Met through friends of friends. Like all bromances uh, start. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then he was a full-time photographer for the Benega Advertiser, which someone had said. I didn't really chat to him much about photography or anything. And then that was right around the time when I was starting the other business, Lucky Camera Straps. And I needed someone to test out some camera straps. Nice. And obviously, I had tested them, but I wasn't at that stage. I wasn't a real photographer. I was still like... Um, <laughs> You know, I was one of those people that had a website and business cards that said photographer. Yeah. But, you know, hadn't actually shot a lot of stuff. Right, 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 right. So, I wanted to get, you know, some feedback on the durability of the straps and all that sort of thing. So, I got in touch with Jim. He loves free stuff. So, he was like, yeah, sweet, free free camera strap. Um, I'll take it. And, um, yeah, he, he was shooting like six days a week at that time and, yeah, shooting all day. So, he took took a strap and tested it out for me which was good yeah so he got one of the very first ones which he still got somewhere 
That's crazy. We are going to talk about lucky. Don't you worry about that. (laughs) At that time, I was trying to build my photography business. I had shot the one wedding for my ex-girlfriend, which went really well. Look at it now and it's, it's, there's definitely a lot of things that I could have done better. Yeah, yeah. But for a first attempt, it, it went really well. So put that up on the website with some of the images from my sister's wedding and one other wedding that I'd second shot. Threw all that up on a website with some packages. 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 Wedding photography packages. I also want to talk about the industry. There's so much nah, here. There's so much. There's so much. So the wedding photography packages. I'd done a lot of sales and, and pricing and stuff before this in my in my many other jobs. I created, I think I had four packages, but you know the old three or four packages and the middle one's the one that's going to get booked kind Oh, deal? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We all know it. It's the high end, the low end, and then the Goldilocks. Exactly. Not too expensive, not too cheap. Yeah. So, I did exactly <laughs> that. I had the cheap one, which was I priced really, really well, and I booked a few of those, but but not, not yet. And then I had the middle one, which is what I wanted people to book, which is like me for, I don't know, eight hours or something like that. And then I was like, all right, I need a, I need a top-end package. Yeah. So, I was like, all right, me- another photographer for the whole day and a photo booth, which I'd recently Googled how to like make your own photo booth um, and and tested that out at home and it went really well. So I was like, all right, me, another photographer and a photo booth. That'll be the top end package that'll people see that, but then they'll like book the middle one. Yeah. Anyway, the first inquiry books the top end package with another photographer in the photo booth. (laughs) So I was like, all right, I better find another photographer. And yeah, I, I uh, decided to, I tried Jimbo. I, um, I didn't want to get another wedding photographer because I wanted to be able to, I guess, go through the day without the pressure of someone who's done it a million times looking over your shoulder, I guess. Yeah. But on the other hand, I wanted like a really battle tested backup um, yeah. photographer and what better than a, a um, you know, a full-time press photographer that's shooting every day at yeah. ran- random situations. So Jim came along and, and shot that. We had a ball. It was in a Tuga. Like we drove up together, shot the whole day. The whole day we shot, it wasn't like Jim's my assistant and I'm shooting the wedding. We just kind of figured it out together because yeah. I hadn't shot many before that either. I think he'd done one at that point and that was it. We just kind of worked it out together and at the end of the day went, that was pretty fun. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> yeah. So let's do more of that. Basically, yeah. So yeah, he stayed on with the Addy for a few years while I built the business and he was just basically shooting on Saturdays while still working full time. Crazy. Um, and yeah, second shooting for me. But even while he did that, we ended up changing the business name from from Justin Castle's photography to Justin and Jim. Yeah. And then not long after that, he, he quit and off we went. The, the powerhouse, the mm-hmm. dream team. The dream team. So tell me about... Um, Tell me about Justin and Jim. What do you guys bring to the table compared to Johnny down the street that is also claiming to be a, a wedding you know, photographer? Yeah, I didn't want to end up going down this direction of the really posed, unnatural wedding photography that, or, or at the time the um, hipstery, Instagram-y kind of thing that was happening a lot back then where... You know, the editing style was very... Washed out and washed, all that? Yeah, oh, really, really, yeah. really washed out. It was, it's it was still sort of, around. It is still around. It's it's definitely backed off, which is nice. And like to the people that, that go for that, that's all good. It's just definitely not what I wanted to do. Yeah. It was more like like Jim and I were both into photography, into technical photography. Um, so doing things with lighting and, and whatever whatever we want to play with and having good gear and, and all that sort of stuff. So I think that clicked really well. I didn't want to become a wedding photographer that was the same as as everyone else that I had mm. seen around um, at least the local area. Um, there were obviously wedding photographers sort of 
doing amazing things, but most had a sort of a similar style and we wanted to try and create something a little bit different. Totally. Yeah. And do you think you achieved it? Because I think you have. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. I don't think we're breaking, like, we're not, we're not changing the the game or anything like that but um isn't that the name of your autobiography yeah yeah justin castle's changing the game um yeah the work is good Um, where i'm really happy with what we produce for our clients um i definitely don't think because that's the thing neither of us are we don't consider ourselves artists we're not like um i don't know neither of us consider ourselves super creative people we definitely make some images that we're really happy with but yeah i certainly look at other work around the place and go wow how did they even think of that yeah (laughs) right so yeah um but i'm I'm definitely happy with what we what we came up with it sounds a little like past tensey are you moving away from the the wedding stuff i have been not not completely um but for the last probably about two years ago it would have been I made the call to try and do less weddings, which is why it probably sounds past tensey because I really wanted to put more work into Lucky. Yep. Um, and also at the time, I'd sort of gone through a split up of my marriage, which mm-hmm. put some pressure on, I guess it put pressure on the on the day trying to be 100% committed to, to really enjoying what the couple that were paying us to be there were going through. Mm. Um, and like we had a back-to-back season booked at that time. Yeah. And it was just sort of like doing one every two weeks wouldn't have been a problem, but doing like two a week, yeah, it was, it was pretty brutal. So I made the call then that I just wanted to back it off at least for like temporarily. But yeah. the issue with that is obviously um, we book like 12 months to 80 months in advance. Yeah. So when I made the call to back off, it still took another year and a bit yeah. for that to actually kind of flow through. Yeah. Yeah. There's many reasons I don't do weddings anymore as a general rule. A huge thing is like, hey, what are you doing in 18 months? I'm like, I just don't know what I'm doing in 18 days. Yeah, exactly. It's really hard. When you're trying to build it into a business, it's actually great. If like if you want it to be your full-time thing and, you, yeah. and you're sort of committed to it, it's great having work booked in. It's amazing. Like I think Jim at the moment, you know, he's looking at his next financial year and like most of it's all there. You know, yeah. It's, it's pretty cool as far as business goes. Yeah. So on that side of it, it's, it's amazing. But on the other side of it, there were so many things. Like in the last couple of years, um, I got into like shooting some snowboard stuff in, in Japan and New Zealand with a snowboard tour company and like opportunities were coming up with that that I just had to say no to because of weddings and stuff for Lucky that I had to say no to because of weddings. And it was sort of happening too often. And I couldn't blame the the awesome couples that had booked me in but it sort of felt, I was like, oh, damn, I've got a wedding. I didn't want to feel like that. Totally. So, yeah, I was like, I have to I have to cut it back. So, I did. Something's got to give. Now, yeah. we've said it a couple of times. Lucky is how I came across you, young yeah. man. So, I'm, um, I was starting up my video business here in Bendigo. I'm in the, uh, the back room of my folks' house, which is in the same suburb as this. No. I'm trying to get a camera strap. I was actually getting it for a friend's birthday, but I was cheekily looking for myself as well. I came across lucky camera straps, these banging leather straps. They looked so hipster and so cool. I just remember seeing a New York City skyline. I was like, this is amazing. And I like <laughs> scrolled down to the bottom and the address was like Quarry Hill, which is like <laughs> one suburb across. I made a noise. My mum actually got up and asked, are you okay? Like I heard a noise. <laughs> and I was like, it's all good. So I think I sent you an email very early in the morning being like, hey, 
I was going to order this, but it turns out I might be able to save you a delivery fee if I come and pick <laughs> it up. Tell me about Lucky. How did it come about? What is it? We like to make products that help creative people feel more connected to the things that they, they use to make their art or whatever it may be. That's a very fancy way of putting it. To start with, that's, to start with, we I just wanted to make a more comfortable camera strap. Yep. A more comfortable camera strap because I was starting to shoot weddings and I had like a, a Canon 1D Mark IV and a 7200 slung across my, like across body, across my shoulder and it like was sitting under my armpit because the Canon strap was so short. Um, and it was fully extended. It was almost falling off. And um, I was like, I need something better and Googled it. And there's, there's heaps of stuff on the market. There was lots of straps, but none of them looked great. And most of them looked like kind of like army gear, like black tactical sort of looking camera straps and things. And I wanted something that looked a bit fancier for weddings or I was taking my camera everywhere at that stage. Like any yeah. anything, anything like yeah. mates 21st or whatever it was take my camera there so i wanted like a leather looking nice strap i used to work at a music store yeah yeah, <laughs> back yeah, in the yeah. Day. Uh, and that music store sold uh, lots of things but amongst them they sold colonial leather guitar straps which are made here in bendigo they've been making guitar straps here for like 30 years i think um so i went out and saw that guy <laughs> and he's actually a friend of my dad's from when they were like young Love that. used to hang out they still hang out together sometimes now um, so I went out and saw him and got chatting to him and come up with a bit of a plan to do some designs. It actually sadly took a year to get the products finished just because of how slow everything was. And I think he was like, at the time, he was like, oh, yeah, camera straps. You know, you might might sell one or two of those. And I was like, oh, look, I think if we design something good, like there's a lot of people with cameras. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure there is. But, you know. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Like you, you and your mates might buy a couple. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't think he was super confident about the whole thing. But he still um, still helped me sort of get him going and, and we designed a good product. And then, yeah, come up with something that was a lot more comfortable, a lot more worthy of being on a, you know, five or $10,000 camera setup. Totally. Than, than the ones that come with them. It is actually just crazy to think about. You have this tool that's kind of the gateway to your creativity and for a lot of people, their income mm-hmm. worth thousands of thousands of dollars. And you're going to carry that around with a, a crappy little plastic strap that comes free. Mm-hmm. With the camera, yeah, makes exactly. no sense. That's like not adjustable. And if you're shooting weddings, it's like eight, nine, ten hours. Yep. Yeah, it's yep. crazy. Exactly, and that's where it kind of morphed into that. You know, I spent a lot of time like to start with. It was just getting the straps up and running, and sort of trying to get the website working properly and doing all that sort of stuff. But I spent a lot of time thinking about like what it is that we do. Obviously, the straps are made here in Bendigo, so they're Australian-made, and that's super important. Most of them are made out of leather, which is which is sort of important to me because it's very. Um, I just it has that feel of something you would hand down to, um, you know, through a family or whatever. Is and, and that was where it really sort of came to the the digital tools that we use. You know, I get a new camera every year or two. Um, it's hard to feel attached to those tools. Definitely. Um, so having something like a, a leather strap that hopefully will last, you know, 40 or 50 years or, or longer that can just keep going from camera to camera. So they, you kind of feel like you've got something like a connection or something sentimental with that thing that you use for yeah for your creativity. So that's sort of what it's evolved into. But it just started out as wanting to make something a bit more comfortable. Yeah, it's born out of like a, a need, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was mainly for me. Like, yeah, <laughs> the first thing was like, if I get a run of these, at least I've got a couple of good straps and, yeah. you know, a few friends and whatever and it'll let minimum 
I'll be happy. Yeah, hell yeah. So. And Lucky wasn't your first endeavor into Ooh, you're, no. No, you're a, no, you're an entrepreneur. There's been a couple. Give us, give us, give us the, give us the rundown. I won't give you the full list. Come on, but um, you just the, break them off. <laughs> I was always interested in um, the online world, digital marketing, and all that sort of stuff. I don't know what sparked it, but probably like everything, the Four Hour Workweek was um, yeah. was a book that that really sort of got me thinking about that kind of stuff. And I never really fitted into the general nine to five life that well. Every business I worked in, I wanted to change because I was like, oh, we could do this better. And they were like, yeah. why don't you just do your job? And I'm like, ah, yeah. oh, oh. right, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> the very first thing I did was called the wake skate store. I was into wake skating. Most people probably won't know what that is. You're snowboarding on water, but then you get rid of the bindings. So you're skateboarding on water, essentially. Crazy. Um, and I was really into that. I was taking lots of photos of, of guys that were sort of at, the, at a higher level of it. And there were some really cool brands in the States that you couldn't get in Australia. So I started bringing them in and selling them, making basically no money. But I had a functioning online store, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, sold some products, figured out how all that worked. And, and then, yeah, ended up having to close it just because all the brands that I was dealing with it was just it was really hard like with a warranty problem or anything like that it was it was sort of and it was only selling like one or two a month or something it was really just a, gotcha. a bit of a hobby yeah um so i had to stop doing it which left a bit of a gap and that's when that's when the lucky idea started but as i said it actually took a full year to get the lucky products kind of happening there's just lots of things that got in the way mm. the factory was really busy with their own stuff and yeah it was just very slow and it wasn't probably a massive priority for me so i got a bit fed up and frustrated at the time and really wanted to get something going so i set myself a challenge to build and and like source a product and launch a business online in in four weeks which was really fun yeah so, uh at the time the iphone what was the one that went to lightning cable four yeah yeah the four just came out so yep. everyone was buying phone cables and all that sort of stuff yeah so i was like phone cables but i wanted like cool looking ones with that that sort of braided rope look about them oh yeah Real yeah yeah funky colors so found some of those ordered a heap of samples in and then ordered some stock in they were due in a few weeks, threw up a website, got a logo made, real sort of basic, and yeah, yeah. called it Happy Cables. Happy Cables. Happy Cables. Yeah, it was really cool, actually, You could because we got three meter long ones. So it was like back when you know, there was no wireless charging or anything like that. And everyone yeah. wanted like a long cable so they could sit in bed and scroll. Totally. Yeah. So we sold um, like three packs with uh, three meter long cables in them and stuff like that. And everyone's loving it. Different colors and yeah, shit. So, that's cool. Um, and we do like auxiliary cables and micro USBs and all that sort of stuff. So, you can get like a set for all your stuff. Nice. Yeah. Launched within the four weeks. Sold some stuff. Went really well. It ran for like six or eight months. Yep. And then um, Apple brought out their MFI certification program. So, these were non-certified Apple products because we were selling them, I think, for like under 20 bucks, like 19 gotcha. And like an Apple cable at the time was like 50 bucks. Gotcha. Um, they brought out that MFI certification thing and then they wouldn't charge sometimes and did all that sort of stuff. And, you know, like that was, that was a really tricky sort of issue yeah. and spoke to our factory and they basically said, yeah, we either need to spend like a couple hundred thousand dollars on, on Apple certification and wow. stock and stuff or yeah. maybe pull the pin. So I pulled the pin. Yeah, <laughs> which didn't, is didn't have a cheeky couple of hundred thou just in nah. the back pocket. Look at the time, <laughs> at the time it, it did get considered, but I was like, I'd really have to price these up at more like forty, forty-five dollars for this to work. Yes, and no one's going to pay that for a phone cable. 
Yes. But then like a couple of years later, um, before all the wireless charging and stuff come out, it's companies like Native Union and a few others that are, yeah, selling $50, really? three meter or even $80 cables and stuff. Yeah. Wow. S- same design, like with the braided outside stuff. Yeah. Um, ultimately, it wasn't a business I was super passionate about. So yeah. it wasn't the right. And Lucky had come online by then gotcha. and was actually functioning. So yeah, making the call to shut it down was was no drama but yeah it was a really good test got to test everything the shopify e-commerce platform that i wanted to use for lucky and all that sort of stuff mailchimp and and everything so yeah that was a fun that's crazy fun man. little project yeah 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 and then and then lucky's popped up started off with just one strap in one length the, the standard 53 which is like our wider strap in just one length and then we added the longer length which is actually the one that i use i don't know why i didn't start with that but yeah <laughs> um i think like because the first one we made was way longer than a cannon strap anyway but then it turns out that was still not long enough for it to be comfortable so so then we went the longer ones and the slim ones come maybe 12 or 18 months later yep um for all the sort of smaller cameras that were starting to pop around sony's and foodies and stuff yeah totally james day the wedding photographer he was really keen on a slim strap and he i think he's still got them and every now and then uses them a couple of um hand cut ones the ends look real <laughs> i saw him in a post the other day and the ends are real square and funny looking because we literally cut them like just before he had a big event on or something we posted them up there literally like hand cut them it's yeah can i get a thin one you're like yeah sure yeah 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 we're we're designing them anyway we'll just go out the back and anyway but yeah so that's awesome and then uh when i walked in today you were you were bopping around on the laptop yeah are you uh, able to talk about what you're up to at the moment yeah i think i can do that it's a bit of a different thing yeah that's weird for you yeah, yeah. You usually stay in the one lane. Oh, totally. I just <laughs> like to get one thing and focus on it for the whole time. Um, no, so a couple of years ago, I got into health and fitness and things. And that's actually, that's how I met my current partner, Yelena. And, you know, we exercise, we go go to the gym every morning. And um, we are listening to a podcast one day and they're talking about waking up to a simulated sunrise. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which can sort of... Gently bring you out of sleep at the right time. Um, your body is is sort of programmed to wake up to light as it is. That's just unfortunate. Most of us in our daily lives can't just wake up to the natural sunlight because it doesn't suit our schedule. And the other thing is with street lights and everything these days, you have to have your blinds closed at night to get like a good sleep. So you can't then just wake up to natural light in the morning. Yeah, how, yeah. your blinds are closed. So, automatic blinds. Wow, well, that, that would do the job, but still we wake up. Expensive. Well, and it's, it's still pitch black when we get up in the morning anyway. Truth, truth, um, truth. So, yeah, we, we like looked into those. Um, there's quite a few on the market already, but none were really available in Australia. So we ended up buying some stuff that Philips make called the Hue light globes, which you can like program sync them up to wi-fi and stuff and and you can program them to do this sunrise thing which work really well but that like that setup i think cost us about 350 bucks it's like at home they're globes and you've got to be connected to your wi-fi network and have it all set up and then still programming it with an app we started thinking like at the time i went to japan for four weeks and just felt terrible every morning when i woke up it was like back to the old days when i had to wake up to a a buzzer phone alarm yeah no good yeah so we got thinking and talking about it and like how come no one's making one of these that's just a simple portable alarm clock so battery powered nice looking and does the sunrise function sort of simply with no app connection or wi-fi or bluetooth or anything like that because the other thing we're trying to do is you know limit phone use as much as possible 
not have phones in the bedroom or totally. that sort of thing. Super smart. We sort of started going down the road of of designing our first electronic product, which is, has been tricky. Having started and really like smashed out so many businesses, you know what it takes now to once you get into it. How hard is it starting? Or is it is just the excitement just override? Or do you MIB all the pain at the end of, of a business? I love it. I love all the business building process. The, the thing that frustrates me the most is the speed of the process um, and how hard it can be and how many setbacks and how everything takes longer than you think it's going to. But I think it's those things that, you know, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Oh um, yeah. But yeah, so it, I, yeah, I love all the parts of it. Like you know, from coming up with a logo to like coming up with a name, all that sort of stuff. I just love, I could talk about that shit all day. Gotcha. Um, love it. So yeah, it's no problem for me. Not at all. So much of your world has been the online though. So yes. how do we limit phone use? I actually don't have too much of a problem with it. I think sometimes I do get distracted. Um, I've got a really bad habit every now and then. I'll be talking to somebody, processing a problem to do with work in my head. And I'll just pick up the phone and do the thing that I ne- that I've just figured out that I need to do or something. Gotcha. Um, that I have a problem with. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's yeah, it's it's not ideal. But the actual, if it if you talk about like phone use, recreational phone use, I have no issue with. I just don't use. I don't. I almost never scroll on Instagram or Facebook or anything like that. It's probably to my detriment. Like I don't interact that well on social. If I, I think I could do that a lot better business wise, but I just don't have much drive to. The other parts of it, I don't know. Spend a bit more time on the laptop and less time on the phone when it comes to doing work stuff. But it's really not that much. The, the things that I do day to day on the phone for work probably add up to twenty minutes. You know, yeah, maybe half amazing. an hour and that's it. And then other than that, it's communicating with people in, in a non-work fashion on the phone or I don't use it that much. That's really. great. Do, yeah. you, do you batch your days up? Oh, I try to. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's hard because I still do like photography stuff, commercial photography stuff, like trying to learn video at the moment, which is fun. Yeah. Um, so like I get jobs and that changes what my schedule is like. Definitely. Um, but yeah, definitely really try and... Um, come up with a plan at the start of the week every week for what day is going to have what focus thursday last week was all on the new product the wake up light was yeah that day was dedicated to that there's other days where i do a bit of both i always try and get you know an hour of lucky straps done in the morning cuz it's got more day to day running to do yep and if i get that out of the way early unless it's a day i've dedicated to the new product I'll yeah, always try and do an hour, maybe an hour and a half of that in the morning and then at least I know that's done. And if the rest of the day spent on something more time consuming, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. I just got a little look into your world of how you plan your weeks and it's- Whiteboard. Love it. It's nuts. So, you've got your weekly plan and then you flip over the whiteboard and then you got the whole year. Yes. Well, the year for the my main focus at the moment, which is the product that we're designing. Gotcha. Yeah. Are they dates that you want things finished by? Like, what's the what's yeah. the breakdown of that? Yeah. So milestones that I want things finished by, or some stuff is when I need to start it by. It just depends. Yeah. It's hard to explain, but yeah, basically trying to break it down into months and then put subtasks enough time before those so that, you know, subtasks can be completed before the big project needs to be done at a certain milestone or or whatever. Basically working back from the date that I want to have it all to market by. 
Yeah, love that. Do mm. you believe in buffer time? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. as in as in like some fat, some, building yeah. some fat into the. Uh... Absolutely, the biggest thing I've learned with with anything as far as when you're working with people outside of your control, because I've never had employees, or we've got we've actually got one one part time employee, Lucky, who's a legend. But other than that, you know, product designers and all that sort of stuff, they're always subcontractors or or whatever. So. You can't control them. They'll they'll do what they can do it in the time frame they can do it in, and it always takes longer. Yeah. yeah. And buffer time is something that I had thought about for a long time, but it's literally in the last six months I've physically been building that into quotes and building that into mm-hmm. a daily schedule. Yeah. Instead of going well from this will take me four hours, so from ten till two I'll do that. And it's like yeah. well no because you're going to get a half an hour phone call in there. Yeah. And then you're going to have to build a quote you know, for another client out of that, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you've chewed through two hours. Yeah. Plus you have that kind of changing task, grinding the gears in there as well. Yeah. I think one of the biggest issues with that is is mental. Like you're setting yourself up to fail and then you feel like you weren't very productive today. Then you always feel like you're behind when you might actually be doing a great job. Yeah. But, but you feel down on yourself because you've sort of got to the end of the day and go, oh, I didn't even get that thing done. But you might have got a lot done. It's funny, but like the lower your expectations is actually like a good way to go about it. Exactly. How do you manage other people's expectations? It was drilled into me from like early days, always under promise and over deliver. Surprise and delight your clients. Like just doing the job isn't good enough, you know? Mm. So if you tell them it's going to take two weeks, try and make it take a week. Really? Um, Yeah. That's just how, how we've always done it. We've always done it with weddings. We've always been really upfront with how long it's going to take to get the photos back and then we try and get them back quicker and make sure when they do get their photos back that they they're not just getting what they think they're going to get they're getting something a bit extra a little um, cherry on top a little yeah just because uh, otherwise if you just do the job that they've paid you to do they'll be satisfied but they're not going to feel the need to tell anyone about it even timing can make a difference with that yeah that's amazing it's not common no it's definitely not common it was a uh, it was back from when i was a car salesman or a boat salesman actually what way out. back in the day hey yeah, when i was just a little kid trying to sell boats and that was something that was yeah the guys just sort of said to me from day one always under promise and over deliver tell them it's going to be next week just disappoint them right now go and say you can't have it on friday it's going to be it's going to be next week it's going to be wednesday gotcha and then ring them on thursday night and say we're going to have it ready tomorrow we, yeah. we, we stay late. It's, it's going to be done. Wow. And then they're stoked. Whereas if you, you say Friday and it can't be Friday and, and it has to be the week after, yeah. they're shattered. And, it, totally. and then it's a negative experience for them. Mate, it just, just makes so much sense to me. Yeah. And I don't do it. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I, what, should. What, I should. What do you do? You're like, yeah, 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 I can do it by Friday. And then I do it by Friday and then I fucking and, kill myself to yeah. get it done. Mm-hmm. And then I hate it. Yeah. And then I make myself sick and in the long run, mm-hmm. I fall short Yeah, because something's got to give and yeah. then it's me and then I take myself out of the equation. Yeah, exactly. Very smart. Yeah. Just, God damn. Just disappoint them straight up and just say, I can't, I can't be by Friday. Yeah. And then on the odd occasion, like I've still got clients that, um, you know, I've got a couple of really good clients and if they, if they say, can you have this done in two days? We really need it. I get it done. Because um, yeah. I've made space in all the other jobs that when when there is that one that's definitely urgent, you you just do whatever you can to get it done. Yeah, but just don't let that be every job. No, 
Yeah, not at all. To me, you've always seemed like a cool, calm and collected operator. And that's what you're projecting from the outside. So I'm not pretending that that's maybe reflected on the inside. But talk me through discovering fitness and putting yourself first in your health. The only times that I've really put myself under a lot of pressure has been mid-wedding season early on when I really didn't want to disappoint clients with timeframes and whatever. And I'd stay up editing late and then do you know a double header wedding on the weekend shooting 12 or 13 hours a day back to back and then edit all week again and that sort of stuff and that's crazy um, yeah it's it's not sustainable and it's it's not a good idea so getting into my fitness a little bit which i'd never done before in my life i, I went to the gym for maybe three months when i was in my mid-20s because um, some other people at work were doing it and that didn't stick that that was all i'd ever tried until about two years ago and then basically now we go we go every day in the morning because it's it's the first thing that you do yeah. um you've already sort of if, if that's all you do for the day you've won at least you know totally you, we, we, as yeah. a human being yeah as a human being like you've you've got up you've moved there's other people where we go it's like a group it's a crossfit thing so there's there's always you know more than just the two of us there so you've got up we've hung out with people we like moved our bodies and exercised a bit so doing that in the morning every day is definitely a a big thing if you leave it till the end of the day and work runs late and you've got to choose between work and that mm. and then you'll probably choose work because you know it's important the client yeah. needs it all that sort of stuff yeah yeah and then you know then you feel down on yourself because you didn't get to the gym as many times in the week as that you wanted to and, and that kind of stuff but yeah i've never done anything and i just thought it was the time like everyone talks about i think i was 31 or two at the time Everyone talks about in your 30s, like that's when, when shit starts to really go downhill. <laughs> the and wheels thought, start falling off. <laughs> yep. And I thought if I get on top of it now, I might have a chance at, at sort of being fitter and healthier into my, you know, 30s, 40s onwards. Yeah. But if you're sort of, I, I've seen a lot of people I know lately pack on a few and yeah, <laughs> slow totally. down slow down a lot. I thought now's the time. And it's been, it's a game changer. It's completely changed my mindset and everything about how I work and yeah. And yeah everything have you found the the knock-on effects with work definitely yeah the way that i go about jobs like now as the name of your podcast the process like yeah it's like that you break things down into daily habits you know for me lucky's a, a bunch of daily habits it's not a big goal to grow it by this much by this amount of time or anything that's that it's like if i do these things every day it should be successful and and then it's simple like it's a it's a simple equation you just got to do the work and show up every day Hell yeah. Run me through a good day versus a bad day. And then how do you deal with the bad days? Talk talk to me about rebound or what you tell yourself or um, all of that fun stuff. Yeah. Well, like a good day is definitely when, you know, you get up and go to the gym or whatever. And, and then when you get stuck into work, if I can get into a good state of flow and not get distracted by external forces for at least a couple of hours, two or three hours in the morning... Usually if, if that, then I've won. Like the rest of the day is, is all going to be good. I can deal with some, put some fires out or stuff in the afternoon. But in the morning, if I get into that flow by 9 or 9.30 and things are really happening, I've done more work in a morning than I've gotten done in a week sometimes. You know, yeah. has that ever happened to you? Like it, yeah. it, just, it just all just keeps happening and you yeah, feel like totally. you've just done. Yeah, so and you it, figure you don't, you don't want to jump off the train. You're like, I no, I don't even want to mm-hmm. mess with. I don't want to go to the toilet right now. But I'm like, oh, I might lose it. I might, might lose the juice. <laughs> the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's it's really hard because it's it's a hard state to achieve. And I haven't figured out how to manufacture it yet, other than you know trying to reduce distractions. You know, don't answer the phone calls and stuff like that. Just or put your phone on silent. Leave it in another room. Whatever yeah. you have to do. Walking definitely helps um, break that stuff up for me. Like if I'm not 
flowing if nothing's happening if i've got no motivation take the dog for a walk down along the creek or something like that yeah um for some reason walking gets my brain going and then the ideas will come and then i can get stuck into a couple of hours of work but yeah there's so many other days when you know the email or the phone call or whatever early in the morning just sets you on the track of just getting dragged into problem after problem yeah. and going in around in circles and stuff and you look at the end of the day and go i did nothing today and i don't know i haven't figured out the secret yet of, of how to get around that other than sorry not no. not answering phone calls <laughs> um that's something i've had to be sort of a little bit cautious of because while i don't scroll on social media and stuff like that i i used to just always answer the phone it didn't yeah. matter like who was ringing i felt urgency around it yeah. whereas lately i've you know if mates call and stuff like that i just i have to just not answer and call them back later it is super hard though the famous startup saying of like someone else's emergency is not your priority yeah which is so true but then it gets hard when it's with clients mm-hmm. because clients don't care for you that you've got other clients and stuff no nor should they really but no. so how do you deal with that do you re- do you schedule them in do you say yep i can i can recut it but i can't do it until later next week or yeah. whatever and and then are they always like, but we need it tomorrow? Yeah, <laughs> and I found recently I've just been saying I've got to shoot. It's like if I'm filming, I'm away. Yes. So I'm not near my computer and I can't get this thing for you. So I've just gone, hey, I'm filming today until 9 p.m. I'm unavailable, but I think it's just more palatable. Just saying like, hey, I'm unavailable till 9 doesn't seem like yeah. enough. Well, that's right. It's sort of hard to do. And then the the other tricky thing is if you just don't get back to them, they'll be sitting there waiting for an answer and yeah. saying that you're not responsive or whatever. So I think that's that is probably the best way to deal with it. Yeah. So be like, yeah, I'm, I'm unavailable until until nine. There is a bit of bullshit peddled by a lot of people, even like on Facebook, how responsive you are. I don't pay any attention to that. But if you have a business page, it's like usually replies within like two hours or whatever. I don't know. That's kind of shitty. I'm Mm -hmm. just like, would you rather me respond in two hours Mm. or would you rather me if I'm locked into your project, I'm into your project, I'm getting it done. I'm not letting anything else distract me. Yeah. If you're good enough, that usually responds time doesn't seem to matter anyway like Total. no one cares but it does for like for things like lucky straps i'm really bad with it but you know people want a, a, a nice quick response when it when it's like a simple e-commerce related customer service question or whatever i think yeah. there's an and there's a reasonable expectation that they should be able to get that but yeah when it's more in a in a more creative field and they're spe- speaking to the person that's doing the work there's definitely got to be a, a reset of expectations around how responsive that person can be like you say if, you, if you're just buried in a in a project and doing the right thing for that client that that's what you should be doing yeah and, and you can't just yeah run off and check your phone every 20 minutes and totally. reply to facebook messages so do you try and train your clients and 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 people that are going to be hitting you up all the time do you do you kind of say oh sorry i was working this morning that's why i'm getting back to you now how have I gone about this? So a few years ago, Jim and I came up with a deal where he handles all the inquiries for the photography business. Yep. I wanted to focus more on Lucky. So um, that was something that we figured out so that he could do that. That was my way of, because I wasn't being great at responding to emails and things like that, not as good as I would like to be. But instead of me trying to come up with a system for me to be better at it, I outsourced that to someone that could do the job when that's not possible it's definitely an expectations thing i've never actually done this but if i got to the situation where i needed to i would do the the automated response that you know i check emails once a day twice a day at about this time or whatever it is and if it's urgent you know call me on this number if it's truly urgent but i i'm on a shoot or whatever it is yeah um and most of the time it's not truly urgent and they won't 
Yeah. Call. And I think the hard thing, even asking the question, I know that it's it's a flawed question because the answer always has got to be like, it depends. Yeah, exactly. It depends. depends and and, and it depends who's asking, when they're asking, what they're asking about, the history of them asking questions and yeah. and all of all of that junk. Yeah. Everyone's got a different expectation. I mean, we we sometimes like it and it's it's hard. We know the situation that they're in, but we'll get, um, you know, an excited bride or groom contact us about a wedding or Jim will now. They might contact us, say, on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. And then, um, you know, again on a Sunday, just making sure you've got my email, I haven't heard anything back. And like, yes. you know, we might have shot Friday 12-hour wedding, Saturday 12-hour wedding. Yeah. Trying to have Sunday off and maybe yep. reply to emails on Monday or something like yeah. that. But to them, they're like, they've waited, you know, almost two or three days and totally. they still haven't got a response and they're like trying to book their dates in and yeah. do all that stuff. And, and for them, it's the biggest thing in the world. Exactly. That's that's got to be the hardest thing is trying to match their, their, level, ex- yeah. their, their level of, <laughs> of excitement. Of, yeah, and investment in the day. I think the good thing for us is we're, we're pretty relaxed and we put that out there on all of our content. So we don't attract people that are, if this day isn't perfect, then my life is over kind of thing. We, yeah. don't, we don't really get those. Most people just want to have a good party. And is that the ideal client? I was thinking that just on the drive over, just as a fun hypothetical, what's the perfect client? Perfect wedding couple? Ooh, that's a tough one. The perfect wedding couple. Or how to not be a bridezilla. You could go the other way with that as well. We don't get many or really any. The best way to not be a bridezilla is to um, see a wedding for what it really is, which is a celebration with family and friends. Try and forget about all the little things that seem like they're super important and just worry about the people that are going to be there because the little things don't matter. Like totally. that's, no one, no one's going to care about them in 20 years, but they can get people caught up and they're like, you know, if it's not, if this isn't perfect, they're yeah. sort of stressed out and upset. But we really don't get a lot of bridezillas. We just get mostly people that just want to have a good day. Mm. Um, and that's what we say from the start, like pick people, pick photographers or videographers or whoever it may be pick people that you want to hang out with or like won't be uncomfortable around for the day because that's it's you huge, know, right? Yeah, it's massive. You don't want to spend your whole wedding day with an awkward photographer or yeah. whatever. So, Mu- yeah. Mustache uh, video <laughs> from the background that just weirdly keeps on zooming in on all yeah, the bridesmaids. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. you know, telling you to do awkward stuff with your head or, you know, yeah. wa- wave at the camera and you're like, oh God. Uh. So... Yeah, we're we're pretty lucky. We really try and put a lot of ourselves in our marketing material, try and be funny and be the people that we actually are. Hopefully that turns some brides off because if they don't mesh well with us, yeah, they won't even reach out. And yeah. That's what we want, you know. We want them to find the people that will suit them and, and the people that will suit us will find us, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Is that how you go about things with yeah. your, your business? Like, Hell yeah. yeah I, I'm be trying yourself. To, I'm trying to change it a little bit. I'm trying to have literally have pillars written up on a piece of paper in front of me, mostly above like my my desk, just to really make sure when I'm talking to a potential client, whether that project is going to match up with the things that I want, like that they're good people, that it's good for the world, yeah. that, that I'm going to have fun, that there's something new there for me, yeah. that there's enough buffer time with yeah. before and after. Because the last couple of projects that have really, really like kind of got me offside of, of I'm unhappy, it's most, it was just the timing, the time crunch of like next week. So then all, all of a sudden I'm scrambling yeah. and then it has to be done. And so then I end up shifting my whole life and then being like, everything changed just because I said yes. I didn't have to say yes. Yeah. I could have let someone else scramble or, you know? Those things that you want, is it like a three out of five kind of deal? Like that- It's got to be, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. oh. so, you've got the, the you know, say that the certain, like, will they pay me what I'm worth oh and all God, that kind yeah. of stuff? And are you willing to kind of 
pick the job based on it meeting a certain number of those criteria. Yes. But you'll yeah. let a few of them go, but not all of them. Yeah. 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 Nice. Totally. And and again, I'm talking about ideal yeah. situation, but exactly. I think just having it there as a mental checklist and also as kind of like a, an accountability thing for myself to when I get a week into the edit and I just go, look, you signed up for it. I say that anyway, you know, yeah. but just to be a little bit more accountable, be like, you have your checklist. They seem like a needy client. So it's like, that's why you slapped on like the dickhead yeah. tax, yep, you know? Exactly. And I think it's just a good exercise and doing the pod has been really good to kind of go through the systems and, and the process of myself and other people. It is important to actually stop and think about like how you do things and why you do things. And sometimes it takes an annoying person to ask you <laughs> prying questions. You're like, oh, I guess what I do is this. Yeah, Exactly, because you never really think about it, don't you? You yeah. know, sometimes you just get stuck in in the way that you go about things. But that could be the right way, but you've yeah. never analysed it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. hell yeah! Hell All yeah. right, just one more thing about you: yeah. the future. How far in the future are you looking? And the plan from here, yeah, is uh, the back half of this year is is really focused on getting Lucky back to where it needs to be. We haven't really talked much about that, but in, yeah. a, in a nutshell, Lucky's we've struggled probably the last six to twelve months because we haven't been able to get enough leather. Really? Um, yeah, it's been a, a major problem, but we're working through that. We've got some really cool new products just sitting there ready to go, like a dual camera strap, um, which is going to be really cool. We've got pre-production ones. People have been seeing them and loving them, but we can't make them yet, which is, has been a real struggle. Yeah. So the first half of this year, I did a heap of work on the um, the systems for Lucky, but unfortunately, I haven't, be haven't been able to see if any of that's paid off yet because we don't have stock. Gotcha. Um, so once we've got stock, I'm hoping all those systems are going to come into play and Lucky will be be set up for a really nice sort of second half of, of 2019 and leading into the Christmas season, which is our big season. Gotcha. Um, it's a great present, let me tell you oh, that. Wonderful Straight present. Straight up. The best thing. You got a photographer, yeah. you got a videographer in your life. Oh, that's right. Or even, you know, we've got some very nice belts these days. They're oh, quite do wonderful. you really? We do. I'm wearing one right now. No this, way. This Look boys. at that. Yeah, they're, they're great. That is sick. Mm-hmm. God damn. Yeah. So that stuff, yeah, will hopefully all come into line in the next few months. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be putting a lot of time into this, this new product, the Sunrise Alarm Clock, to hopefully launch that as either a crowdfunding or pre-order campaign in March, probably next year. I'm super excited about that. It, re it fits into everything that we're passionate about as far as health nutrition like sleep quality we've been it's it makes such a massive difference to productivity and just general health and happiness so being able to make an impact in in that part of the world would be be huge for me so that's that's going to get a lot of my focus i'm also trying to learn video which is really really fun so cool I mean, you've already got the eye, so all, all you need to work out is a couple of what, the uh, all the other the, things, the editing <laughs> buttons, and you'll be sweet. Yeah, yeah. Final Cut uh, is a is a cruel mistress. <laughs> we've, we've we've had some fun lately, but yeah, it's it's really fun. I love. Yeah, I've got one client that is happy for me to shoot video for him. I'm going to China October. They're doing a, a rescue competition. Like uh, wow. Yeah, they they rescue people. So I'll get harnessed up and go and film that documentary style and try and Sick. try and make a video. So yeah, that that's my current sort of passion learning is uh, is video. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. I'm sort of I want to be able to do it for the businesses, but I won't I won't do it as a business if that makes sense. That, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll use it for my businesses and yeah. So it sort of takes the pressure off learning it. 
Hell yeah. Mate, this has been absolutely lovely. I'm sitting here on your couch, just got the the sun trickling through at the moment. The afternoon sun. It's beautiful. Thank you for taking the time. There's about 20 other thousand things that I could talk to you about. We could part two it. I'd love to part two it. Holy shit, you could come back for season season three. It's going to be the the creative process. Nice. uh, You could also fit into season two, which is badasses, mate. Why not? You wear so many hats. So many leather hats. Leather hats. (laughs) That'll be the next product, if we can get leather. You. All right, dude. Thanks so much. Cool. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Damn. What a good dude. Just listening back brings a smile to my dial. And definitely when I was driving away from Justin's house, I thought about all these other things that we could have talked about. Like Justin does these sick nighttime photography shoots. And then Justin and Jim have been running workshops. And we didn't even touch on the fact that Justin was one of my first clients. I made videos for his business and he took a chance on a couple of idiots out of his hometown. So we didn't even get to that. We will save it for round two. Say hi to Justin on the gram. Pick up a lucky camera strap for yourself or for a loved one. They are absolutely amazing. That is all from me. You are dismissed. Good day. Good day.